Hi, this is Alana Terry, and you are listening to Season 6 of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. The audiobook for this season was voted on by our Patreon community at patreon.com slash Terry, where for as little as $3 a month, you can get free ebooks and audiobooks, and all the money that we raise is being donated to Liberty in North Korea and their Underground Railroad for Refugees. This season of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast is being sponsored by my newest thriller, Save Me Once, which is the story of a mother trying to bring home her lost little girl. And today, our Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook that we're listening to is Frost Heaves, an Alaskan refuge Christian suspense novel by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 28 Mama, Mama, it worked! Jade forced her eyes open. Had she been asleep? What worked, baby? My prayer, when I asked Jesus to give me a dream. Jade waited for her brain to snap to alertness. What are you talking about? Remember when I prayed that God would tell me which way we'd have to go to get out of the woods? Well, he did. I was just falling asleep, and I remembered... I remembered looking out the window when I was in the car with Auntie, with that mean lady. When we got to the place where the road turned real bumpy, the mountains were behind us. I could see them behind us in the little mirror on the side of my door. I just thought of it all of a sudden while I was starting to feel sleepy. Jade glanced around to see if there was enough moonlight to make out the mountains from here. If Des was right then Jade had been walking the wrong way. The glen would be in the opposite direction. How long have we been resting here? she asked, still slightly disoriented. Just a minute. I stopped praying and then I shut my eyes and felt tired. Then all of a sudden, I pictured myself sitting in that car and looking at the mountains behind me. Jade still wasn't sure if they should try to rest a little more. Without any coats or proper shelter, it was probably safest for them to keep moving, and Des seemed energized from her answered prayer. Jade, on the other hand, wasn't sure she had the strength. I may just need to rest a little more, she muttered. Des squirmed in their shared sweatshirt. But, Mama, I think if God answered my prayers like that to let us know which way we've got to go— then we should follow him and go that way, right? Jade sighed. Yeah, baby, you're right. Let's go. She hated to think about how far they'd headed in the wrong direction and prayed that it wouldn't take them nearly as long to get back to the highway. Wait a minute. Des tugged at Jade's sleeve. We can't go yet. Why not, baby? Because God answered my prayer. Don't you think we better thank him? Yeah, you're right. You go ahead. You pray and I'll listen, and then we'll start walking. A familiar voice from the woods answered, I'm not sure that's the best idea. Jade jumped up, spilling Des out of her sweatshirt. She pushed her daughter behind the trunk of the spruce. How'd you find us? Sapphire shrugged. Your tracks are all over. It only took me this long because you've walked yourselves in circles. But I knew my persistence would pay off. God honors the patient, right? She took a step forward. 
Now, about my husband's daughter. You're not going to lay a hand on her. Jade pulled Gabriel's gun out of her pocket. Sapphire let out an undignified snort. You think that will frighten me? You may have turned your back on my husband's church, but you're still a child of morning glory whether you acknowledge it or not, and you'd never go against me. I'm your pastor's wife, the first lady of... Jade pulled the trigger. The snow muffled the worst of the echo. From behind the tree, Des screamed. Stay there, baby, Jade shouted back at her. Stay right where you are and keep your eyes shut or you're grounded off the TV for three whole months. You understand me? Yes, Mama. Jade's body was trembling. She ran behind the tree, scooped up her daughter, and ran. She kept Dez's face covered with her hand until they were far away from Sapphire's body. When she got too tired, she set Dez down, and they raced together toward the mountains. Chapter 29 Over here! We're here! When Jade saw the searchlights in the distance, she scooped up her daughter and started running. Des had gotten lethargic, and Jade tried to pass on her enthusiasm. That's the search team. They're looking for us. Come on. She followed the light, nearly choking over her joyful laughter. A few minutes later, her daughter was wrapped in a heated blanket, carried in the arms of a search-and-rescue paramedic. They were a little less than a mile from the highway, and Jade was positive it'd be the easiest hike of her life. Adrenaline propelled her forward, adrenaline and the need to get her daughter to safety. She begged the man carrying Des to run on ahead instead of waiting for her. She nearly collapsed into the arms of the other paramedic when she stepped over a major snow heave and the Glen Highway came into view. The ambulance is right down there, ma'am. We'll get you checked out and warmed up. I'm not worried about that. I just want to make sure my little girl's all right. A man in a trooper's uniform stepped up toward her, wearing a familiar smile. Well, look who finally decided to pop out of the woods. She tried to match Ben's grin, even though she felt ready to die from exhaustion. He wrapped an arm around her, and they walked together to the ambulance, where paramedics were already getting Des warmed up. I'm glad you're all right, he said. Jade didn't know what else to say, and so she lifted up her silent prayers of thanks to God, who had delivered her and her daughter once again. Chapter 30 Jade sat in the back of the ambulance next to her daughter's gurney. The paramedics had covered Des in blankets, and everyone seemed excited that her body had finally picked up its cues to start shivering. She's going to be fine, one of the men assured Jade. The road to the hospital was paved with ice and frost heaves. Jade figured it was probably a good thing that the driver wasn't rushing. He hadn't even turned on his sirens. Mama? Yeah, baby? What time is it? Jade looked to Ben, who was sitting across from her. Time to get some sleep. He gave Jade a soft smile. Mama? Yeah, baby? We didn't miss Christmas, did we? 
No, we didn't miss Christmas. Good, because I'm ready to do my lines for the play at church. You are? Uh-huh. And the angel said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Ben burst into applause. Very good job. Are you sure you're only five? I know some teenagers who couldn't learn their lines that well. Des beamed. Thanks again for all the time you spent looking for us. Jay didn't know what else to say. Ben wanted to ride with them in the ambulance so he could talk with Jade about the case, but so far the entire conversation had been focused on Des and keeping her warm and happy. Jade couldn't believe their trouble was over, couldn't believe the extent Sapphire had gone to in order to steal her daughter. Mama? Yeah, baby? How long are we going to be at the hospital? Not long. We just want to get you all warmed up and make sure you're all right. Ben leaned forward. You too. You're getting checked out just like she is. Jade shrugged. I'm fine. The doctor's probably going to tell me all that exercise was good for me. She caught Ben's eye. When she met him last night, she would have never expected to feel so thankful to have him looking out for her safety, thankful to have him by her side. You really do have a sense of humor, don't you, God? Ben continued to stare at her, then cleared his throat. Well, I guess we should make the best use of the time we've got and compare notes. Let me tell you what I know first. Jade was happy to let him take the conversational lead. We checked out Keith Richardson's car. Someone cut through the brake lines, not all the way, but enough to get him to that icy pass and let gravity take care of the rest. Jade was thankful he spared her any further details. We found a letter in his pocket where he talked about how he feared the pastor's wife was the one behind the kidnapping. Said something about her having a dream about her husband's kid. Real woo-woo stuff, just like you said. But we compared the handwriting with the note you got earlier. Seems he was trying to help you. Give you some kind of warning. I can show you if you want. Jade shook her head. Not now. In fact, she wasn't sure a letter like that was something she'd ever want to see. How do you know where to look for us in the woods? Well, I got back to the car after checking things out at the crash site. Saw a blood splatter on the headrest. Pretty amateur move. We figured Sapphire had you. And we also figured she had someone to help, so we looked into it. Guess there was this elder, Gabriel some guy who recently moved to Palmer to help run the church. Keith mentioned him in his letter. We looked into it, and it turns out he's got a little cabin near the Sheep Mountain area. We went to check it out, found Gabriel shot and a few kitty toys in the back room. That's when we brought in the search and rescue team. He glanced at Des resting on the gurney. I'd really like to hear your side of it now, but maybe we should wait. Jade nodded. There was no need to make her daughter relive every horror and trauma she'd endured. Des blinked her eyes open. You should tell him about the dreams, Mama. Ben glanced at Jade. What dreams? Des grew animated. All kinds of dreams. You should have heard them. 
like one about how that lady was supposed to turn herself into my new mom because my dad was the pastor at this church. Only mom says it's not a church church, just some weird fake thing. Have you ever been to a fake church? Ben shook his head. Can't say that I have. Me either. But if it's got people like this lady, I wouldn't want to go either. I think Mama had the right idea shooting her. Ben raised his eyebrows, and Jade nodded. So much for trying to protect her daughter from frightening memories. Where was that? Ben asked. I couldn't say. Somewhere in the woods, we got turned around. Des nodded her head enthusiastically. Yeah, it was scary. Mom thought we were going to have to spend the night outside even though I've never been camping before because Mom refused to take me last summer when I really wanted to go and all we had was one sweatshirt for both of us to share and it was really dark and Mama got us lost in the woods. It was kind of my fault because I was awake when that bad lady drove me out to the cabin place only I couldn't tell Mama if the mountains were behind me or to the side or what so she didn't know how to get us back to the road, and she was getting kind of tired and even a little grumpy. Dez stole a glance at Jade, who sat there wondering where her daughter's sudden burst of energy came from. Well, Dez went on, Mama said it was time for us to get to sleep, only I didn't want to spend the night in the cold and I was hungry too, so I asked Mama if maybe we should pray and ask Jesus to send us a dream to tell us which way to go, because I figured if that weird church lady had dreams and God talked to her, except she didn't even go to a real church, God would definitely talk to us if we asked him nicely, so we did. And then Mama was already starting to snore a little bit, but I wasn't asleep quite yet, only I was about to fall asleep, and I remembered where I saw the mountains in the car, and I knew they were behind me when we were driving. So I told it to Mama, and she said that meant we'd been walking the wrong way. But there was enough moonlight we could see the mountains by then, and if we went toward them we'd find the highway. Which we did, but not until we found you guys first. Ben reached out and ruffled her hair. You're a good storyteller, did you know that? Des pouted. It's not a story. That's how it happened. Tell him, Mama. I know it happened, Ben said. I meant you tell the story in a really exciting way. It was a compliment, Jade explained. Des glanced at the trooper. Oh, well, thank you, officer. You're welcome. And on top of being very smart and a good storyteller, you've got excellent manners. Oh, that's because Mama says that when I meet a police officer, especially if he's white like you, I've got to be extra polite and make sure... Okay now, Jade interrupted. I think maybe you should let the grown-ups talk a bit. Why? Are you going to tell him how you shot that big scary guy when that church lady was tying a rope around your neck? Is she making this up? Ben asked. I wish. Jade rolled her eyes. No, it happened pretty much like she said. Jade started from the point when Sapphire tied her up and explained how they escaped the cabin and ended up in the woods, where eventually Sapphire caught up with them. Mama was really brave, Des inserted. 
I don't know if I would have known what to do with a gun, because Mama's always telling me I can't go near them or touch them, or if I see one lying around, I'm never allowed to pick it up, and I have to tell someone right away. Those are very good rules, Ben said approvingly. Des shrugged. Nah, it's just good sense. Guns are tools, not weapons. Ben chuckled, which forced Des into an exaggerated pout. I wasn't making a joke. I know you weren't. I just wish every kid in the state of Alaska were as smart as you are. She shrugged again. It's not smart. It's just common sense. That's probably because you have a very good mom. Ben glanced over at Jade again, and this time the approval in his eyes was directed at her. Thanks again for listening to the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast. You've been listening to Frost Heaves by me, Alana Terry, narrated by Becky Dowdy. Today's episode is sponsored by my newest Christian thriller, Save Me Once, about a mother's courageous attempts to do everything in her power to rescue her daughter from a life on the streets. Again, that is Save Me Once by Alana Terry. And I hope you join us again soon for our next installment of the Unabridged Christian Fiction Audiobook Podcast.